0: Their walls will fall, their faith will fail, their flesh will tear. As the battle raged around him, Johann Gensher, knight of the White Wolf, spied the infamous Kazrak One Eye in the middle of a chaos hound pack. His head filled with visions of the count's reward, as he rushed forward. His warhammer aloft, ready to strike the beastman down, but Kazrak ducked under his wild swing and grasped the harness of Johann's warhorse. In a show of unrivalled power, Kazrak hoisted the horse above his head and threw it to the ground. As the knight struggled to his feet, the great barbed whip of Kazrak curled around his neck and ripped it open, leaving behind only red ruin. Feeling a little beastly. This is the War Games Orchard. Welcome to the show, my name is Nathan Stone and I will be your host today. Apologies for the lack of episode last week, I had to take the week off, I was simply too busy to record, finishing up my work term. And in my one piece of news for this episode, I'm happy to announce that I was actually offered a job at the podcast production company that I did my work term at and that is very exciting. So I'm going to be working with them part-time through the summer and then once I graduate. So it's really nice to have something lined up. This is going to have an effect on what I'm able to do for the orchard and what is going to be happening with the orchard in the next little while. There is going to be some news on that, but I haven't quite figured out exactly what's happening. So Nothing for today, and instead we're going to get right into our main topic, and that is the one, the only, and the one eyed Kazrak, the Beast Lord. Kazrak's a really neat character. He has a wonderful rivalry with Boris Todbringer, the Count of Minland, and today we're going to look at his stats in 5th, 6th, and 7th edition, and just see how he evolves over time. We're also going to share a story from the Beasts of Chaos 6th edition book that takes place just before his rise to power. It's a fun one. I hope you'll enjoy this episode. To start things off, we're going to hit up the Champions of Chaos Supplement. This is a wonderful little book that was released towards the end of 5th edition. I believe it was printed in 1998 and it was written by Tumis Pirinen. And the reason why this book was made was basically they didn't have room for all of the cool special characters they wanted to put in to the Warhammer Realm of Chaos book. That book combined Beastmen demons and warriors of chaos. So it was a, a weighty tome to begin with. And then they had about a dozen special characters that they wanted to include and give you some background on and it would have made for one big book, so they split it up into two books. Beastmen have always kind of been the red-headed stepchild of the three chaos factions. They're never quite getting the same limelight as warriors of chaos or demons of chaos. But in the 5th edition era, they're honestly probably the most powerful of those three forces. Maybe not demons. Demons were really, really good and had some ludicrous stuff, but beastmen were solid, especially since most beastmen had at least two wounds. Even your regular gores had two wounds. That's so cool. I really wish that had continued. But let's take a look at Kazrak. We're going to start with Kazrak's lore for fifth edition here and then We'll see that it really doesn't change a whole lot between sixth and seventh, but we might get some fun extra details as the entries get longer in the later books. Here is what we get for a start: Kazrak the One Eye is the Beastman Lord of Drakwald Forest. He is a constant threat to all of the travelers of the roads around the great city of Ulric. Massive in size and crowned with huge horns, Kazrak is one of the most fearsome Beastman chieftains of all time. Kazrak has managed to defeat his rivals, to become ruler of the Beastmen in the North, through sheer brute force. His warbands may not be large, but he is an expert at raising Chaos Hounds, and the massive Chaos Hound Redmaw fights savagely by his side in battle. His pack of Chaos Hounds are a menace to the area around Middenheim, slaughtering cattle and attacking lone farmsteads. Many coaches have been ambushed by Kazrak and his savage warband. The men and horses are slain and torn apart by the Chaos Hounds, and their weapons and valuables are taken back to the herdstone of Drakwald. Kazrak lost his left eye in single combat against Boris Todbringer, the Elector Count of Midland. A year later, Kazrak's warband ambushed the Count's retinue, and that time it was the Count who had to flee, blinded in one eye, by one of Kazrak's horns. The Count is promised a reward of ten thousand gold crowns. For anyone who can slay the Beastman Chieftain. Such a reward has attracted bounty hunters from all over the Empire, and they have scoured the Drakwald Forest many times. But Kazrak always has the cunning of a wolf and the strength of a bear. Every time, the hunters have returned empty handed, or failed to return at all. So, this gives us the profile of a big, nasty, cunning Beast Lord, which is what Kazrak is to a T. He is the undisputed Beastman Lord of the Drakwald. The Drakwald is one of probably the two most dangerous places to be in the Empire, depending on if you count Sylvania as part of the Empire still. The Drakwald is a twisted and wicked forest that encompasses most of Midland, really from kind of Altdorf to around Midland and up to the Middle Mountains. It is a massive forest filled with nasty things. People live there in walled towns and cities and bergs, but most of it is untamed wilderness. It's home to beastmen, goblins, giant spiders, all sorts of nastiness, really. I don't know why anyone would live there, but of course, this is the Warhammer world. Everything is awful all of the time, so, you know, pick your poison. In game terms, this early, early Kazrak is 165 points and he comes with Redma for 75 points. Kazrak's profile is movement 4, weapon skill 6, ballistic skill 5, strength 5, toughness 5, 3 wounds, initiative 5, 3 attacks and leadership 8. Redma, his chaos hound, is movement 6, weapon skill 6, strength 6, toughness 5, wounds 3, initiative 5, 3 attacks and leadership 6. Kazrak wears heavy armor and carries a sword and a long barbed whip. He has a save of 5+. Now, he is drastically under-equipped for a Beast Lord. However, he does have one magic item called Scourge. So this is his whip. Scourge is the barbed lash of Kazrak One-Eye, a lethal weapon that is over 10 feet long. Its cruel barbs can tear out great chunks of flesh and bone, causing the victim tremendous agony. Scourge is a lethal whip carrying the most bitter curses of the Beastmen Shamans. In battle, it has an extra minus one armor save modifier. Combined with Kazrak's strength of five, it will have a minus three armor save modifier. Kazrak may use Scourge as a normal hand weapon. Or, alternatively, he may attack up to four models in an enemy regiment at once. Simply work out each attack as normal. Note that Kazrak may pick any models in the enemy regiment not just those that are in base-to-base contact with him. So there's a little bit of shenanigans you can do with that. Also, considering he has three attacks normally, but carries two weapons, having Scourge attack four times isn't really special, because he should have four attacks for having those two hand weapons. But the fact that you can pick and choose models to attack with Scourge is kind of neat, and the fact that it gets an extra minus one saving throw makes it especially effective against anything heavily armored like knights. Other than that, there is only one special rule for Redma, and it just tells you how to use Redma on the battlefield. Kazrak can send Redma to attack an enemy model or a unit within Redma's charge range, so a charge range of 12. Otherwise, he will remain at Kazrak's side. They are treated as a single entity, so you never have to check for morale for Redma, only for Kazrak. If Kazrak is slain, Red Maw gets frenzy, which would put him up to six strength, six attacks, and at weapon skill six. So he is not a doggo to mess with, certainly. What's interesting about Red Maw is you look at his stat line, and you think, boy, he should be really big, right? But he isn't. The only picture that we ever get of Redmaw is him kind of lurking behind Kazrak. Now, Kazrak is a big boy. But Redmaw really only kind of comes up to his middle chest, which would make him a very large dog, probably like a hunting hound. But considering strength 6, toughness 5 isn't too far off things like wyverns and dragons and things, he really packs a big punch for a little guy. Now let's pop over to 6th edition and see what changes came in store for our one-eyed beast lord. 6th Edition sees a massive expansion in Kazrak's Fluff. We get a full page dedicated to some art and some backstory for Kazrak. And he also gains some interesting new equipment, but loses his best boy, Red Ma. Before we get into game terms, let's see what's new in the Fluff for 6th edition. Possessing a ruthless cunning far above that of his bestial kin, Kazrak the One Eye is the most dangerous and powerful Beast Lord of the Drakwald. It was he who plagued the castles and towns of the region for several years, attacking without warning and then slipping away into the shadows, leaving no trail to follow. Though he has now far surpassed his former chieftain in strength and skill, it was from Beast Lord Graktar that the young Kazrak learned the ways of beastmen warfare. Following Graktar in innumerable raids, he learned how to quell the unruly spirits of the herd, and devise simple but effective battle plans. He watched and listened as he participated in attacks on caravans and raids on isolated settlements. All the while, Kazrak dreamed of one day usurping power from Graktar and taking control of the war herd himself. Yet Kazrak is unlike most beastmen, with a patient and thoughtful mind at odds with the normal headstrong nature of his kind. He bided his time, watching as more foolhardy challengers were crushed beneath Graktar's hooves or ripped apart on his horns, and he studied his leader's fighting style and waited for the right moment. It was after an ambush on a human caravan, during which Graktar was wounded, that Kazrak made his move, noticing that Graktar was bleeding heavily. Kazrak challenged him for leadership, and after a lengthy fight, tore off one of his foe's horns with his bare hands. Rather than kill Graktar, Kazrak banished him from the warband. The one-horned Graktar was laughed out of the Brayherd and never seen again, though rumor has it that he still lives and yearns for the day when he can avenge his defeat. Kazrak keeps Graktar's horn as a trophy, and the resounding note it sounds when blown has often been the signal of doom to the unwary traveler. Since then, Kazrak's warband has roamed the Drakwald Forest terrorizing human settlements and travelers, and never before has a beastman leader proven so elusive for hunting parties. No one is spared in Kazrak's raids, with his superbly trained warhounds chasing down the few who manage to escape the beastmen. On the rare occasions that he is discovered, Kazrak has always defeated his pursuers, be they State troops, White Wolf Templars, or mercenaries out to collect the massive bounty offered for proof of Kazrak's death. On several occasions the Elector Count Boris Todbringer of Middenheim has led the hunt, and once trapped Kazrak near the village of Esterwald. Kazrak lost his eye to the man's runefang in the ensuing battle, but was saved from death when the fierce warhound Redmaw attacked the Count's horse, allowing Kazrak to escape. Kazrak's eye has never fully healed and continually weeps blood and pus. Such a handicap would usually prove fatal in the the brutal culture of the beastmen, but Kazrak's wound actually made him all the more fierce and careful, and he vowed to take his revenge. For many months he plotted and schemed, and then only when perfect opportunity presented itself did he put his plan into action. With a series of daring ambushes, he lured the count and his army toward Nordingen, doubling back overnight. Kazrak and his war band waited for Todbringer and his forces to start breaking camp just outside the village, and then attacked. Kazrak fought his way through soldiers of Minheim to confront the Elector. He threw him from his horse, pinned him to the ground, and with slow deliberation gouged out one of his eyes with the tip of a horn. Just as with Graktar, Kazrak allowed his foe to live, and some believe that he actually enjoys matching his wits against Todbringer. Seeing it as a challenge to his skills. The Elector has since increased the bounty for Kazrak's death to ten thousand gold crowns. He almost caught Kazrak again a few months later, but the Beast Lord slipped away. However, Count Todbringer made a point of slaying the hound Redmaw and hanging up its remains on the walls of Minnhaim. and Kazrak is now devising a way to repay this affront to his pride. Even the massive reward offered by the Count has not improved his hunter's fortunes and those few bounty hunters who return from the Drakwald always do so empty-handed. Kazrak remains a dire threat to the entire north of the Empire, and his raids are covering a wider area with each passing year, as more and more towns and villages fall victim to his elaborate and devastating ambushes. R.I.P. Red Maw. We hardly knew ye. Only for a single short while at the end of an edition. But... His legacy lives on with some of Kazrak's special rules. Let's take a look at our Beast Lord in 6th edition. He is 292 points, so he is a very expensive Beastlord. Lord. More expensive than he was combined with Red Maw in 5th edition. He is Movement 5, Weapon Skill 7, Ballistic Skill 1, Strength 5, Toughness 4, 3 Wounds, Initiative 6, 4 Attacks, and Leadership 8. So his stats differ quite dramatically between 5th and 6th, which isn't totally unusual. He does gain in certain places and loses in, another, in others. That weapon skill to 7 is nice. A ballistic skill of 1 is a big downgrade, but of course he has no missile weapons, so it's not really going to bother you. I think it's kind of fun considering he lost an eye, so maybe they're taking that into account, the designers, and saying, well, he has pretty poor depth perception, so maybe he's not good at shooting or throwing things. Uh, His toughness down to four is certainly a downgrade. It's one that we would see quite commonly, though. Toughness was a place where they really took from quite a few units, including Kazrak here. But he does gain an additional attack to four, which is always nice. In equipment, Kazrak carries a sword and his battle whip scourge and wears the dark mail. So he got a second magic item in this edition. He has the Mark of Chaos undivided, which is good. Special rules. Kazrak has the Raiders and Ambush rules. In addition, the following rules apply. So Raiders and Ambush, those are the Beastmen kind of army-wide rules in 6th edition. But he has some special ones of his own. Firstly, Packmaster. Kazrak is an expert at raising Warhounds of Chaos. And his hounds are far more dependable than those of inferior trainers. Any warhound in Kazrak's army have their leadership characteristic increased to six rather than the usual five. This isn't a huge thing, really. <laughs> leadership six is undoubtedly better than five. It's still not good, but it's something, certainly. His other special rule is bestial cunning. Kazrak is the most intelligent beastman to have lived, and his warband is highly experienced at carrying out his simple but effective ambush plans. In Kazrak's army, all units with the ambush rule may use their ability rather than just half. In addition to these units, Kazrak himself may also set up an ambush and still be able to sound his brayhorn to launch the attack. If Kazrak is set up in ambush, then any ambushing unit that has an entry point within 12 inches of Kazrak's entry point may use his leadership for the ambush test. So, if you are playing in Sixth Edition and you want to just come in from everywhere. You want to be all over the place, just popping up your Beastman Kazrak is your boy. He is far, far more cunning than anyone out there. And he is going to ambush just as much as he likes. None of this half of your units nonsense. You don't play fair. You play to win with Kazrak. Get beastly with it. I really like that rule a lot. I love the Beastman ambush rules as an idea. They don't always work so well. Especially once you got to 7th and 8th edition, it was a bit too prohibitive, I think, for Beastman players, but this rule that allows Kazrak to kind of do a little bit of what he wants with his army, I think, is very, very nice. I know Beastman did get an upgraded ambush rule in the end times, but everything was so nuts in the end times that I don't know if it really helped all that much. Now let's look at both of his magic items. First up is Scourge. Kazrak makes one attack with this magic weapon in each close combat phase, in addition to his four normal hand weapon attacks. This can be allocated against a different target if desired, for example attacking a rank and file with his normal attacks and a character with Scourge. If you successfully roll to wound with Scourge, Kazrak may immediately roll to wound again, and so on, until he fails to make the required score. Each wound is treated as a separate hit for the purposes of saves, Note that these extra wounds can only ever hit the model that was the original target of the attack. Effectively, it gives Kazrak several chances to kill a model hit by the weapon or kill models with more than one wound. Any excess wounds are wasted, except in challenges where they count towards overkill as normal. You know who should really fear Kazrak? Elves. Especially in 6th edition, they're all toughness 3. He's just going to be rolling those 2 plus to wounds all day and just piling up. Saves against uh, elves, especially in a challenge. He could do some fun stuff with overkill. I like this rule a lot. It's probably more useful than his fifth edition rule, where he could kind of pick and choose four guys in an enemy regiment to hit. So I do like this as an upgraded idea on that fifth edition rule. Now, the dark male. So it's not just heavy armor anymore, which is good because that was one of his main. Downsides in fifth edition: a five-up save for your general in fifth edition is basically not having a save at all, which is not good enough even if you are toughness five. So the dark mail: this suit of chainmail was forged in the distant past by an unknown smith, but its creator must surely have had connection with the dark powers, for it has the ability to trap spells of evil and death and grant their power to its wearer. The dark mail is a suit of magic armor that gives Kazrak an armor save of two plus. In addition, Kazrak and any unit he accompanies have magic resistance 1. If he or the unit he is with is the target of a spell that su- is successfully cast, Kazrak gains plus 1 strength for the remainder of the battle. This applies even if the spell is dispelled. The armor has absorbed all of the spell's energy. Kazrak can gain any number of bonus points of strength in this way, up to a maximum of 10. So don't cast magic spells against Kazrak you're just going to make him more angry and more strong and you combine the dark mail with scourge and it can get ridiculous because as soon as you get a strength 6 Kazrak running around wounding on 2 against toughness 4 models you're going to have a bad day so don't cast spells against Kazrak basically cast spells against the rest of the army this Kazrak is one of the few examples where The 6th edition character is much more interesting, much more compelling, both in lore terms because the lore has expanded, but also in game terms because there's just so much more here for him. And he's got some really neat mechanics. He's got army-wide mechanics. He has personal mechanics. He is just a really neat model to theme your force around. And it's a shame that so many 6th edition characters just kind of got neutered. By the crossover, or they got points costed into oblivion. Now, Kazrak's not cheap. He's pushing 300. But with all of the things that he gives you, he's probably worth it. I think he's really, really good. And for a themed force, for something that's going to revolve around ambush, and uh, if your enemy's foolish enough to try and cast spells against Kazrak, you can do some fun, fun things. All right. Now to the last Beastie book. 7th edition. It was a real shame that Beastmen never got that 8th edition book. Unlike Skaven, who just were kind of fine because their army style really benefited from the 8th edition changes, Beastmen didn't really have the same thing going for them, so they were in for a bit of a tough slog in 8th. Not that they couldn't win, just that they were kind of a weaker army in that era. They did get a whole lot more special characters, though, which was pretty cool. Most of which, unfortunately, would not really see models. I would have loved to see something for Torox, the Brass Bull, but especially Moonclaw, son of Morsleib. He's a special character that's so easy to forget because I don't know that anyone ever proxied him. I don't think I ever saw a proxy model for him. But the, his one and only piece of artwork looks so trippy and wild and like cosmic horror esque that he would have been a fantastic one to see. Slug tongue as well and uh, Ungrel Fourhorn, the Ungor special character. Like this book was full of really cool ideas. Unfortunately, Seventh Edition doesn't give us anything more on Kazrak in terms of lore. Everything from 6th edition is still there, but it hasn't really been expanded upon. But we do get some changes, of course, as every book gives us. Firstly, let's look at his profile. Now, he's Movement 5, Weapon Skill 7, Ballistic Skill 1, Strength 5, Toughness 5, 3 Wounds, Initiative 5, 4 Attacks, and Leadership 9. So again, we see a little bit of fine-tuning to Kazrak's profile here. The big changes, of course, is he's gone back up to Toughness 5, he's lost a point of initiative from 6 to 5, and he's gained a point of leadership, which is really nice for Beastman, because Beastman uh, can have leadership problems, certainly. His special rules have changed, so he has unfortunately lost his affinity for Warhounds. That has gone by the wayside. But he has Bestial Cunning. Kazrak is the most cunning beastman to have lived. His warband is highly experienced at carrying out ambush plans. All units using the beastman ambush special rule in the same army as Kazrak may choose to re-roll the dice to see how and when they enter play. So this is, of course, just a changed version of the same special rule for 7th edition uh, as it was for 6th edition. This isn't as powerful, unfortunately. So in 6th edition, you could put all of your ambushing units into ambush with Kazrak. It wasn't just half of them. You could have your beastmen popping up behind rocks and trees and, and anything. Anything could be a beastman. Don't go into the woods. It's all beastmen. In this edition, it's less so. This is a simple reroll. So this doesn't really change how your ambush ability works. It just makes it a little bit more reliable, which is nice which is definitely nice. But it's not as cool. Let's just put it that way. It's, it's not as cool as the 6th edition rule for it. And I think if you were going to downgrade bestial cunning, you might as well have kept Packmaster. Maybe made Packmaster a little bit better to give him his chaos hounds. But say Lovey. His magic items make a return in this edition. And Scourge is once again changed, so Scourge never stays the same throughout the history of Warhammer Fantasy. Instead of making normal attacks, Kazrak may choose to use his whip. In this case, he has a number of attacks equal to the number of models in the front rank of one of the enemy units that Kazrak is in base contact with. These attacks are distributed as per shooting. Scourge cannot be used in a challenge. So Scourge goes from being absolutely incredible in a challenge to being completely unusable in a challenge. (laughs) I don't know why they did this. I can't figure it out for the life of me. I don't know why you take something as cool as what Scourge did in 6th edition and say, yeah, but what if it just wasn't that anymore and it wasn't nearly as fun? Where this does come into play, however, is once you start getting into 8th edition and the horde units, Kazrak starts being able to clear out hordes Quite, quite well when you remember those rank sizes of 10. And I think he becomes probably the Beastman's best blender <laughs> at that point. So it does have its uses. I prefer the 6th edition Scourge. But I can see arguments for this Scourge as well. The Dark Male is also changed. It still confers that beautiful 2 plus armor save, which is just mm, chef's kiss good. But in addition, it negates the power of any magic or runic weapons carried by models in base contact. Treat them as ordinary, non-magical weapons of their type. That's going to be really good for keeping Kazrak alive, especially in challenges, where now he is slightly weaker, but still not bad. I mean, he's still weapon skill 7, strength 5, 4 attacks. That's not the worst profile you can go into a challenge with. I don't hate it. Uh, I, it's probably more useful than the 6th edition rules. Though the 6th edition rules had that fun, hey, can you make Kazrak strength 10? Because that would be fun. All in all, Kazrak is a really fun character throughout all of the editions. I don't think there's an edition where I look at him and say, oh, he's just total garbage. He's unusable. I don't think we ever get to that point. Kazrak actually goes down in points between 6th and 7th edition, though not by much. This Kazrak clocks in at 270 points. And I should mention that he has the Primal Fury rule in this edition as well. That was the Beastman special rule in 7th edition, that army-wide special rule. And if you've somehow forgotten what the Beastman special rule was in 7th edition, well, let me tell you. At the beginning of each round of close combat, each engaged unit with the Primal Fury special rule must take a leadership test. If the test is passed, that unit is subject to hatred of all units they are fighting with until the end of the close combat phase. They will reroll failed-to-hit rolls, even if it is not the first round of combat. In addition, units that pass their primal fury test on the roll of a double one are subject to both the effects listed above and the frenzy rule until the end of the close combat phase. Beastmen may become frenzied in this way, even if they have lost a combat earlier in the battle. This actually is a nice rule for Kazrak, where he is one of the higher leadership models in this army. He's leadership nine. Most of the time, you are going to get that hatred. You're going to get that re-roll to hit, which makes him an even better blender, honestly. So yeah, Kazrak, pretty great character in 5th, 6th, and 7th. Now, to end off this episode, we're going to go back to 6th edition for a quick moment. And we're going to share in a story that I really like called Ambush on the Esterweld Road. This is sort of the beginnings of Kazrak. If you remember when we read his lore in sixth edition, it mentions the attack on a caravan that kind of ushered him into leadership of the war herd. And this is that story. So, this is his beginnings. Thunder pealed across the blackened skies as rain fell in heavy sheets, ceaselessly battering the dense, dark canopy of the Dracwalt forest and muffling all other sounds with a cacophony of noise. Even the shelter provided by those ancient trees could not prevent the rain turning the narrow trails through the forest into vicious rivers of mud and filth, which sucked unremittingly at the wheels of the carts that slowly trudged over them. From behind the bowl of a gnarled oak, Borzar growled and stared down into the gully at the passing caravan, steaming breath dissipating in the damp air as he waited for Graktar's signal. He looked round at his gores and ungores, and his growl grew louder as his excitement increased. Everything had to go well. Bray Sharman Darkgrave had foreseen the imminent rise of a true champion, Kazrak foe render had been given the task of attacking the caravan from the rear, losing the opportunity to claim the best of the spoils, and Borzar knew that this was Graktar's way of giving him the chance to prove himself. He must not fail the Beast Lord. The rain had left the caravan guards miserable and sodden and cold, their hoods drawn over their heads as they stumbled alongside the wagons, unaware of the impending ambush. The gloom restricted their vision. The rain masked both the sounds and scent of the beast herd, and the heavy casks and kegs toted in the wagons made swift progress impossible. Few men, much wine and mead, much man-flesh, growled Borzar to those around him, shaking his heavy blade and baring his teeth. Make good party later. Before a reply could come, a thunderous crash of lightning rang out. Only a split second before the first cries of alarm rose up from the soldiers in the gully below. Borzar looked to the rear of the column to see a horde of Gore and Ungor crashing through the undergrowth to throw themselves upon the unsuspecting defenders. Kazrak's assault was too soon. The flat note of a horn rang out somewhere, far to Borzar's right, immediately followed by further cries of dismay and clashing of weapons. Graktar had moved, and the battle was fully joined. Barking a war cry as he leapt through the ferns and down the slippery bank, Borzar extorted the herd into action, the stench of blood and fear keen in his flaring nostrils. The horse before him rose up trying to shy away from the charging beastman, but before it could drag the wagon aside, Borzar hacked away its right foreleg and watched it tumble into the mud. A young guardsman leapt down from the cart and raised his spear in defense, his hands shaking, the spear point dancing crazily before Borzar's gaze. Throwing a feint to the left, Borzar watched the boy shift his balance, and then charged forward, knocking the spear shaft aside with his horns, and swinging his own blade low and wide, catching his opponent across the thigh. The guardsman fell, shrieking in agony as blood fountained from the severed artery. His screams cut short a second later as the next blow crushed his skull. Turning back to the fight, Borzar looked down the ranks to see the herd led by Kazrak mopping up the last of their foe. While several soldiers stood firm against his own Ungors, time was running out, his chance for glory ebbing away. He had to take risks to win Graktar's approval. With a terrifying roar, Borzar leapt into the fray, pushing aside the squealing Ungor as he slashed wildly at one of the remaining soldiers. This time, it was he that fell for the feint. The spearman pulled his thrust and then quickly hammered home a second attack, the spearhead scraping across the beastman's bony skull and carving a gory furrow through his flesh. As hot blood ran into his eyes, a red mist of rage descended upon Borzar, and he began to swing his heavy weapon wildly and viciously, caring little for where his blows landed, braying madly and angrily. One of his own hapless Ungors felt Borzar's blade bite into his back, A guardsman parried a second frenzied thrust, and a spear shaft shattered under another blow. Still the defenders stood firm, and as Borzar felt his heart hammering wildly and his strength seeping away, he caught sight of Graktar moving into the fray from his right. The Beast Lord's presence turned the fight in his favor, and Graktar cut down the last of the defenders. Borzar knew that he had failed to win the day as he had hoped. As if the gods themselves were mocking his failure, a victorious cry from the rear of the captured wagon train drew his attention back to Kazrak, who now stood atop of one of the carts, holding a massive cask of wine. Standing beside him was the brave shaman Darkgave, who looked up at the faux render with a nod of approval. Borzar snarled angrily. What had seemed to be an impatient charge had become the faux render's own triumph. Borzar heard Graktar curse loudly before echoing Kazrak's victory cry with one of his own. We have them. Tonight we feast on man flesh and drink wine, yelled the beast lord, as one the beast herd hollered and screamed their triumph in anticipation of the celebrations to come. That's a lovely little story, I think. Maybe lovely is the wrong word for it, but I really enjoy it. Also, make good party later is easily my favorite line that I have read in one of these Warhammer stories. I hope you have enjoyed this episode, and until next time, have a great week.